I think just stepping outside of your comfort zone and experiencing the world through different lenses is, is never a bad thing, right? It just uh, deepens your life and enriches it. And I think that I have learned so many things about working abroad and working in different cultural capacities that, um, that have just made my life better and will ultimately just make me a better pharmacist. Welcome to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham. And since the coronavirus has impacted our entire world for over two years, I think we all have learned to appreciate our medical care workers. Uh, They work so hard, and it's become the norm for many to travel to hospitals within the United States where the needs are the greatest. But on the global scale, medical needs have always existed, especially in underserved communities. The burnout rate of doctors serving in third world countries is extreme. They have to work around the clock, often with inadequate supplies and resources. And sometimes there's only one doctor to serve entire areas. Today, we wanted to share the heart behind a ministry of Samaritan's Purse, which focuses on providing medical care to people in remote areas of the world. World Medical Mission's two-year post-residency program is designed to support mission-minded doctors in getting to the field. They are placed in remote mission hospitals, and they work with national staff who are already there to bring healing. I'm excited for you to hear directly from some of the doctors that are serving as post-residents. Dr. Mary Smith, who you heard from in the opening, is a clinical pharmacist in Kenya. She's there with her husband, Dr. Will Smith, and they're both a part of the World Medical Mission's post-residency program. So before moving to the field, my husband and I had this one particular verse that we really wanted to be our vision, our mission statement, what we came back to when um, when things got tough. And that verse is 1 Thessalonians 2, 8. And it says, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to not only share the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And that, that scripture has just not only kept us afloat, but has meant something so different to us after being here than it, than it really ever did before we left. You can't move abroad or and leave your home and come to a place that is so different and not familiar to you and not have something really strong to stand up against all that. You can just hear the emotion as Mary talks about she and her husband's journey with the Lord through this program. It's so evident with all of the doctors, and I love hearing their compassion and vulnerability. They didn't stop pursuing God's plan, even when it meant sacrifice, redirecting their educational path, their careers, and their entire family unit. Uh, But they were really honest about how it can be both challenging and rewarding. It's amazing to be able to support them in this calling through the post-residency program. Being here with my wife, who's a clinical pharmacist, uh, has been an adventure. Uh, It's both of our first time living abroad, both of our first time being in East Africa. Uh, And so we get to come home at the end of the day and share our stories. We do work together a lot, um, which has been a change compared to uh, life stateside. Um, But I think we're both enjoying it a lot. Um, We get to collaborate on projects at the hospital, on patient care, um, but then also just being able to share this experience, the ups and downs of it. 
uh, and having someone to go through with that, that's also your, your spouse, has just been a huge blessing. This program is a launching point for medical personnel who have the heart to serve internationally long-term. Samaritan's Purse provides training and financial support, as well as mentorship to help them thrive. I think that being able to enter into a place like Chagoria Hospital with the guidance and mentorship of the people that are already here, but also um, the strong prep work uh, that uh, we got before leaving from the post-residency team has really, I think, helped us engage well in how we interact with new cultures, to come in humbly and wanting to serve and, and, and learn as much as we teach to. Uh, and so having the guidance and mentorship of the, the long-term missionaries that are here and then the people that from Samaritan's Purse that have experienced before us uh, in guiding that, I think has really helped us um, do this job well. From the beginning, um, World Med was um, the most supportive and probably the most visionary for us as a couple. Um, they could see roles for both of us, clearly defined, um, and even thinking broadly and creatively, they just could see where we could fit. Um, and that was really encouraging for us because as a physician, I think your your path is more defined, but if you're doing something else, um, sometimes it's hard for other people to have vision of what you could be doing. So World Med has just been very supportive from the beginning um, and has provided incredible support as we've moved across the world. World Medical Mission helped identify a hospital where their skill sets were both needed. Uh, they also helped them obtain visas, booked plane tickets, and helped them set up housing in Kenya. Uh, they also connected them with other families in Chigoria so that every step of their transition, both physically and spiritually, mentally and emotionally, was supported. Living uh, in the United States, it can be difficult to wrap our minds around and understand the need for this program. We have the luxury of incredible access to healthcare, but that is not the norm in many countries around the world. Without Samaritan's Purse in the post-residency program, um, I'm not sure who would be there. Um, maybe one missionary surgeon alone? I'm not sure. Um, so it is through this program that this hospital has continued to be supported. Um, through missionaries. That was Dr. Rebecca Stafford. She and her husband, Peter, are both doctors serving in the Democratic Republic of Congo with their three small children. We are so thankful for the post-residency program. We could go on and on and on about different ways that people have helped us, uh, different things the program has done for us, and we wouldn't be heading back to the field without without the help of Samaritan's Purse. And um, and then on top of the program, just the way that um, we are continued to be supported by Samaritan's Purse. And we really feel um, like the staff at World Medical Mission is family. Post-residents have the chance to be a tangible reminder of God's love to patients in need. Without them, uh, entire communities would suffer from sickness and disease. And as I had the privilege to sit down with many of our post-residents, I was humbled and encouraged by their hearts of service. They are stepping outside of their comfort zone to answer God's call on their lives. And that is something that Dr. Richard Furman, one of the founders of World Medical Mission, shared about in devotions to our staff recently. Uh, every morning, our entire Samaritan's Purse staff meets to read God's Word and pray together. 
And this unites us. Uh, whether you're in the country office in Iraq, an office in California, or the headquarters in Boone, North Carolina, we all start our day the same way. And this particular morning was really special. Dr. Furman was commissioning this year's group of post-residency doctors. Eleven new post-residents were preparing to head to remote mission hospitals all over the world. They're committing their lives to serve. And his devotion encouraged and challenged me. I thought that you would like a chance to hear what he shared to our staff. So exciting to get to stand here in front of all of these post-residents that are getting ready to go out. And this is going to be uh, one of the greatest journeys you've ever, ever started on. And we just look to, to you and to the Lord to direct your steps uh, in this journey. And we want you to know that we're part of getting you to this point, and we're going to be a part uh, on and on. This program is a two-year program where we uh, support you financially and all of that. And uh, we've told you before, we don't expect you to be there just two years, but 32 years. This is the uh, career the career aspect of it. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your platform as you're a post-resident. And this includes every Samaritan First employee here this morning about the platform from what we can speak uh, to others about, about uh, the Lord, about the Lord Jesus. And we, we look to you all going out, we're looking to your future, and we're looking for the Lord to direct that future. And I think of that, uh, the verse, uh, Psalm 31, 14 and in, 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 uh, 15, where it says, For I am trusting in you, O Lord, saying you are my God. My future is in your hands. And that's uh, point out that your future isn't just starting just today, but it's every day that we all need to go before the Lord to see what that, that future, what He wants us to do today uh, to be a part of what He has planned, uh, planned for us. And to go back a little bit, just a little short history of how did we get to sending post-residents uh, through Samaritan's Purse, World Medical Mission. Give just a little quick history. Back in 1977, uh, my brother Lowell and I were doing general surgery here. I became uh, friends with uh, Franklin Graham uh, riding motorcycles. Uh, at that time, I was a little better than he was, but I, I never bring that up to him. But anyway, we, Lowell and I went to uh, Billy Graham Crusade down in Asheville, and they found out we were surgeons, and they said, would you go to India to work at a, to operate at a, at a mission hospital? The surgeon there is just greatly overworked, so we decided to do that. Lowell went first. When he got back, he was telling me what a difference there was in India at a mission hospital versus here in Boone, North Carolina, equipment, uh, the patient load, and all of that. And so then after I went, I came back through New Guinea. Franklin and Bob Pierce, founder of Samaritan's Purse, were there in, uh, in New Guinea out in the most primitive part of the world at the time. May still be. Uh, but anyway, I was I, the, the excitement of maybe getting other doctors to go to mission hospitals uh, was on my mind because Lowell had, had talked to me about it. And anyway, 
we started that. Uh, we came back. Franklin agreed to help start uh, World Medical Mission. So we, we, we started that out and began uh, the second, first year, I think we sent four doctors, uh, seven doctors the second year. And it's, you know, now we send uh, 600 or so uh, a year to mission hospitals. And you, you just never know uh, what the Lord's plan for your future is. And it'll, it'll change many times. He will direct those paths. So, uh, so anyway, we got started to these mission hospitals. Then we realized, well, they need equipment. We used to take foot lockers on our little four to six a week trip every year. Uh, foot lockers of equipment. Uh, now we send over 50 containers a year to different hospitals, and you'll see, each of you will see uh, equipment at the hospitals where, you're, where you'll be working. Uh, but then it went on, uh, realized we need to send biomedical help to keep that equipment running and all. And it finally came that realized that some of the hospitals were short of staff. Uh, doctors were retiring. And the sending agencies were not getting new doctors to come uh, to, to replace them. So that became a real problem. And Dr. Folks, Jim Folks, who was, at, was in uh, Zambia, he started pointing out to us, he was on, on our uh, committee, World Medical Commission Committee, and he pointed out that if you have a hospital run by four or five career physicians, and that gets down to three to two to one, that one of three things is going to happen. Either the hospital will close uh, or it'll be uh, turned in, into uh, just a clinic or it'll be turned over to the government. And so we started thinking, well, how do you get doctors to go full-time to the mission field? And the idea was, okay, let's start out to see who has the desire to, to go. And so we started sending uh, post residents, just like yourself, with the idea, go over there and see what it's like. See if that's a fit for you. And after several years, we realized only, only about 20% were staying beyond the two years. So we had to get ourselves together here at Samaritan's Purse, here at Grow Medical Mission, to see what, what our call was. What, what were we to be committed to? Uh, two. And, and we came up with the idea that we need career doctors on the field. So we changed our, our application uh, to read, we want, we want missionaries who happen to be physicians. It's not the desire, but it's the call. God had to put it on your heart that that's where He wanted you. And that's why you're sitting here today. And the third part of that success rate where it went from 20% to over 82% that was staying beyond the, the two years was the commitment. And this is where you all come in that you, you're committing your life to the Lord for Him to use you. <clears throat> and I'm not just talking to the post-residents, but I'm talking to, to everyone here that that's the commitment that we have to look at. And it's not just a one-day commitment, it's an everyday commitment. How can He use us uh, in, in, his, uh, in His service? And so that's what I encourage each of you to remember, 
your commitment to the Lord. And He will, he will direct you on that, on that commitment. There will be difficulties when you get there. I can assure you it's going to be different than what's in your mind when you get there. The patient load, the, the, the number of patients here, if somebody gets sick, they go to the doctor in a week and you're seeing them within two weeks. Over there, you may, may have someone that has, that's been sick for two, two years that comes in. It's going to be, it's going to be a difficult, difficult course. We look at the platform. And as I said earlier, you're starting to build your platform. The day you get to that hospital, you'll start building the platform uh, of your career for the Lord. The same way with, uh, with Samaritan's Purse employees. We're building a platform. Samaritan's Purse has a platform. Uh, and it, it's based on excellence. We want to be the best that we can be. And, and as you go as a, as a physician, uh, or as the family of a physician, the, the spouses, uh, you're going to be building a platform. So I just encourage you, to look at that as you want to, you want that to be excellent. Uh, Proverbs twenty three seven says, "As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he." So just get that in mind that you want to represent God, you want to build your platform on what what He stands for, and as you get ready to go, I just ask you to focus, get your focus on hospital evangelism. You're going there to do medical work. That's, that's right. And you want, to, you want your hospital to become the best hospital in the area. And as Franklin Graham said, mission hospitals are one of the a great magnet to bring people in so you can talk to them about the Lord. So look at it that way, that you want to be the best doctor, you want, you want your hospital to be the best so you can be a witness to others. And I think of Matthew 5, 16. Now let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and to glorify your Father in heaven. So that's, I think that's the, the verse for us all. That why in Samaritan's Purse do we want to be the best ones to, when an emergency happens, the best ones to, to be there? Uh, for uh, for an earthquake, for dart, for whatever we do, we want to let others. Uh, we want to be a light to others that they can see our good works. But the reason we want them to see our good works is that we may glorify the Lord in heaven. And I close with with what uh, Bob Pierce, founder of Samaritan's Purse, said at one time. He said. We're not just about doing good. We're about doing Jesus. So that's our basis of sending all of you. We want you to know that we're here for you. And uh, like I say, it's not just a two-year program. It's at least a 32-year one. Thank you. As Dr. Furman is sharing, the new post-residents, they're they're bright-eyed, they're hopeful, and they're surrounded by the Samaritan's Purse staff members at our international headquarters. But soon, they'll be sent out, and some of them will go to remote villages in countries that they've never been to. They have languages to learn, cultural differences to adapt to, and inevitably, 
days of hardship and homesickness. Uh, Yet, there was a sense of urgency and calling that brought them to this moment of commissioning. Good morning. My name is Katie Howe. I'm a general surgeon, and I'm headed to Gaumi Hospital in Niger. Uh, My name is Lana Clow. I am a general surgeon, and I will be going to um, HBB in South Togo. Hello. My name is Jake Morris. This is my wife, Janae. And I'm an emergency room physician, and we are moving to Kujip, uh, Papua New Guinea, with our six kids, aged eight and under, including newborn twins. So we're grateful for your prayers. As they each stepped up to the podium and shared where they'll be serving in the world, I was convicted and humbled by their obedience. Some are going as individuals, and others are heading out with their spouse and young children. Uh, But either way, they're taking a bold step of faith. And part of our job is to support them in prayer. Before we go anywhere, in any ministry, at Samaritan's Purse, we pray. And so to close, I want you to hear from Dr. Daniel Galat, who served in Kenya as a post-resident from 2008 to 2010. And he's stayed on in the field for more than 10 years now. He has such a great perspective on prayer. Um, I would say that the time that we spent with Samaritan's Purse was just absolutely essential for our longevity and missions. And one of the biggest things that we uh, came to understand is the importance of developing a prayer team, which we we did during those those um, first two years. And um, we had a group that prayed regularly for us for the the years that we were overseas. And and this was just so uh, critical to um, God's moving and working during that time overseas. And it's so true. Prayer is powerful. Right after Dr. Furman commissioned this year's post-residency doctors, we did just that. We prayed over them. Our staff members surrounded them and spent time asking God's blessing as they're being sent to serve the Lord in this way. God's love is on full display in these doctors. Uh, They're brilliant, they're educated, they're experienced, but they're humble. They're sacrificing their comfortable lives to serve those who may not have access to health care if they weren't willing to go. They're not just providing physical care, but they're sharing the love of Jesus as they treat their patients and settle into their communities. Uh, The people that they're serving uh, appreciate and they know the sacrifice that they are making to live far away from home. Uh, And their sacrificial life makes a huge impact. They're able to share the gospel and they're living out what what Jesus talked to his disciples about in Mark 10. Uh, He said in verse 44, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, And this is why these doctors are willing to, to learn a new language, to serve a different culture, live far from family and the comforts of home. Uh, They go to serve and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, he came to earth, loving us so much that he willingly went to the cross for our sins. And he gives the ultimate example of humility and sacrifice. I love this reminder in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. 
Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, and knowing and understanding the saving power of Jesus Christ is what allowed these, these doctors to go to the ends of the earth to help people physically, but more importantly, spiritually. We're all sinners separated from God, but Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection saves and gives us access to God the Father. And they wanna share that with people that they treat in love. So please continue to pray and partner with us as we send doctors um, and families all over the world. And if you're interested in knowing more about World Medical Mission, visit our website at SamaritansPurse.org. Thank you so much for listening today and God bless.